0: Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Krista show. Here we go. I'm covered in hairs. Aren't we all?
1: I'm covered in hairs. <laughs> <laughs> a dilemma.
0: Hello everyone and <laughs> welcome to the Outpost, a podcast about what? inspired thinking. Here we are. I'm feeling inspired. Um, Jared is feeling inspired. inspired. Mark is feeling old. Um, (laughs) Krista is feeling creative. Here we go. Um, I'm not even going to ask anybody how they're doing today because who cares? Um, (laughs) let's start with a community question. I'll go first. Jared go.
2: Okay. So our community question. Jake asks, "How do you make your work feel like play?
0: Jake, good question, Jake, thanks for <laughs> thanks for writing in, man. Uh, my quick answer, how do you make your work feel like play is by adding other people to it. Um, Ooh. It's like anytime I do something by myself, I do feel kind of tortured. I like I just can't get myself to focus around something. So if I bring another person into it, even if it's for my for my business, we're all remote. And so we'll like video chat for a half hour if I know I have to get a task done. It's like, hey, you want to get on with me real quick? We can bounce back and forth. They can clap for me when I'm done. Um, it Did, makes my work feel like play.
2: Do you feel like they add the needed perspective to get you there, or do you feel like they are the necessary soundboard to give you the confidence to, like, confirm that your ideas are good?
0: I think part of it is they give a reflection for me. So if I'm not doing... If I'm not staying focused, it's obvious. Course corrections, Yes, yeah. it's a reflection. If I mean, imagine if somebody's watching me, I'm supposed to be doing this task, and instead I'm playing on my phone. Embarrassing. If I'm by myself... Normal. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: a break if you're by yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. A break I can, with an
2: indeterminate time. Exactly.
0: I can make these breaks last all afternoon if I want when I'm by myself. So I've, I've got to add other people into my mix to make things feel like play for my work. That is really
3: interesting. And I think mine is kind of similar except for instead of people, it's objects. Okay. <laughs> like, um, uh, rather than um, like if I'm trying to create an idea rather than turning that into, oh, I have to form this out of nothingness. I like look at other things and, and see like, oh, that I can see a face in that. What is, oh, there that is that creature and it's already looking at me and then I just have to draw it. Or mm. um, like letting the media kind of do its own thing like the the way that water flows is just so beautiful and so like letting ink f- flow naturally in water and then seeing what happens like mm. seeing what shapes come out and then it's already a thing and then it's more like I am interacting with it and playing with it and it's kind of back and forth uh, similarly to people but but you no know, i don't need to talk to anybody yeah and Uh, you (laughs) get to you
0: get to kind of manipulate that environment and those other variables a little bit
3: yeah and so like i impact it and then it impacts me and so it feels like it's more than just like me creating but you don't have to people yes
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes not at the early stages anyway
0: Uh (laughs) what makes your work feel like play
1: well i i think it's simple for me i treat everything like how can this be approached in a way that it hasn't been before, that I haven't seen done before? And so I challenge myself as the puzzle master to like take this really banal boring jo- job or task and like, what if my job was to make this fun for everyone? like what would I do? And even though I end up kind of doing whatever I end up doing, my mind is entertained now and you start thinking about all the things that you could do that are just crazy and stupid and bizarre and then you dismiss them one by one until you find one that actually is viable and you're like nobody's done that before that I've ever seen this might be cool and then you sh- and then you bring others in and then you share it and they tell you how terrible that is but then you keep repeating that until you everybody's like that's brilliant you know like
0: yeah that reminds me just of that episode we were where teresa talked about deductive Creativity, where you come up with all the different ways that that one object could be used, and then start, you know, breaking them down. Iteration know, of some of them. Yes. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and you know, you can't always do that. Sometimes you have to be efficient and do something the way you know you're going to do the dishes the way they've always been done. You're going to wash them off, you know, with water. <laughs> you can think about how to do it you, differently. But you could
0: turn on music and you could dance while you're doing it. You, you can go somewhere else in your head, uh-huh. right? Go to your happy place uh-huh. while you're
1: doing the terrible stuff that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily make it play, mm-hmm. but, but it adds some play to it. It does add some play to it. Now,
2: to quote the the great philosopher Mary Poppins. Yes. <laughs> in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. First, you find the fun, and snap, the job's a game. Um, and that is something that I that I like a philosophy that I take to basically every aspect of my life, and I really do think that in a, in every activity there are there are uh, places to be like testing yourself to be uh, trying to come up with like answers and solutions to small micro problems that you're introducing just for the heck of it and that um i sort of lost my train of thought I just,
1: we're <laughs> gonna get you an umbrella it's just that simple yeah and, and so a couple
2: examples of ways that i try to find fun in things is like i uh, i've mentioned this before i i love alliteration i think alliteration is is mm. a really fun uh you know literary device and so uh, any any time that i can like hear this sort of sense in my brain that this might be a good place for an alliteration, I will spend like 10 minutes thinking through different uh, like iterations of what this alliteration could be. I like um, how you
0: were just, you, when you were just showing that, your eye twitched a little. <laughs> when I get this sense that it could be an alliteration.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I, get, I get the tingle, you know yes. what I'm saying? Um, and, and another way that I that I try to find the play within the within the job is when I'm in moments of creative exploration. Creative exploration, I try to put on the like inhibitors and the limiters after, mm. and I let myself go crazy during the exploration phase and like make a ton of like. For instance, if I'm designing a survival task, I will go crazy thinking about all the different like. Uh, arcs, ways that we're going to do something and how it's going to negatively impact us and how we're going to respond to that and how the whole planet is going to, to do something. And we'll think really high level and think about how, how crazy it could be and live in the joy of imagining different permutations of this whole, uh, this whole arc of trying to survive. And then once I, I feel like I have a, a cohesive and satisfying arc, I will then start trying to mechanically implement it.
0: Interesting. I almost feel like I do an opposite. I can function much better if I have these strategy pieces in place and I only have to solve this one problem. When I have to, it doesn't feel like play to me. When I have to come up with tons of solutions without much structure, it feels daunting. So, interesting. Talking. I don't want to play with you anyway.
2: Well, maybe, if, not, not to call you out because I'm also a procrastinator, but maybe if we started our projects earlier, we mm. would have more time to enjoy the part where we think of a lot of different things
0: cheers all right let's move on what's our what's our next community question krista you got something for us
3: oh so simple i memorized it uh what is your coffee order okay mark you're first
1: it's either an eight ounce latte or a cappuccino now
0: do you do regular milk
1: i have been i tried the oat milk i tried the soy milk i tried the almond milk they're a little sweet and they got a weird tang to them i don't know i just like coffee I don't necessarily like it black. I, I will drink coffee with a little bit of cream or a little bit of half and half, but I prefer Any like a cappuccino latte? when it's when it's well done. You have to go to the I don't know. I'm kind of a snob when it comes to this, so I can talk about how it's prepared and all that stuff. But you just go to Joe Schmo Coffee. No, if it's if it's a if it's not the world's best barista, then it's an eight ounce latte. Uh. And if it, if they're talented, I prefer a little bit less milk, so the the cappuccino, which mm-hmm. is a little bit you know, the balance is really important. In fact, I go to the, one of the local um, coffee shops here. Well, I go to all of them all the time, but in the mornings, um, one of my doctors goes in and gets two little eight ounce, like half sweet mochas because the balance is just right with Mm -hmm. two little, he doesn't want a 16 ounce. That's all screwed up, right? Mm -hmm. That's got to be just right. And so he drinks these little two eight ounces, one after the other. And
3: I feel like everybody here already knew each other from coffee shops before they they met here. I'm like the only one who is not a part of this. The coffee shop life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coffee shop life. Not me. So we go to a coffee shop and everybody knows everybody and I'm just standing there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Coffee shops very foreign to me. I mean, I didn't really even drink caffeinated beverages with any amount of consistency until my... Um, until being with my current partner and I mean I because of that I never really developed the taste for coffee people there are all these different things in life that people say like oh it's an acquired taste which is code for it's bad
1: I don't know about that
2: no 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 it literally is it's bad and you like what it does for you and so your brain like stops telling you about how it tastes and the bad parts
3: yeah like kombucha Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah all of it. True. Any sort of dirt stuff that. you put in
2: your mouth, anything that's gross, all the stuff you yeah. and so uh, it, and another thing is that uh, a very common uh, symptom or not not symptom necessarily, but a very common, uh not even side effect but a common thing with people who have adhd is that caffeine will mellow you out and will not Mm. actually like get you jazzed and so like the the caffeine giving me some sort of energy boost has never been something that i've sought after and so any sort of like blended beverage or you know energy drink thing i'm never coming to it for the energy i'm just like oh does this thing taste good is it a Mm. fun drinking experience
3: similarly i was not a coffee drinker before working here and now i am a very coffee drinker (laughs) (laughs) but only with 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 enough milk in it well well, oat milk non-dairy milks that it um does not feel like it will dissolve my teeth because i'm afraid
0: Mm, the acidity
3: yeah i'm very paranoid about that Mm -hmm. so i like when i when i make it here at the office i'll like put in a little bit of coffee add some water add a bunch of oat milk And then pray that my teeth are still there when I'm done drinking it.
2: Coffee, the only acid that you fear, or like, if I came in with a bunch <laughs> of lemons, would you run? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm not likely to to get addicted to lemons, so oh, I feel I like see. <laughs> it's the addiction problem. Gotcha. Yeah, she's afraid
1: of acid baths. <laughs>
3: I'm I'm an oat
0: milk cappuccino. That's that's it. I used to be regular milk cappuccino. Sometimes I'll do regular milk. Depends if I've had Alfredo that day or not. You know, My my intestines can only handle so much lactose. So <laughs> I try to balance that out by using oat milk when I can.
1: I feel like there's probably a special oat milk out there that doesn't have all the like sugar or whatever there's they no add in. It doesn't have sugar. Well, what are you, an oat milk read, expert? I read the know. labels to things because my daughters have you know, allergies and life threatening things. And I always have to be like, is there this in there? Does it have, you know,
0: I use like the barista oat milk that comes in a box. That's like thicker. There's no added anything in it. It's
1: so like a great North, they make their own oat milk mm-hmm. there. And I don't know, for some reason it has just a, like, I like oats. I like oats. I like oatmeal. I like
3: the oat flavor. I'm an oatman. Oat- <laughs>
1: mi- I'm an oatman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't know, there's, like, if you read the box on Most Oat Milk, it, it ha- has sugar content.
0: hmm didn't know you were the expert, it's just... Read the labels! Thanks so much for your input, Dr. Neidlinger. let Thank go. you, yes,
1: that's correct. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. That's my diagnosis.
0: All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our main topic for today. Our main topic is about ghosts. Okay, are you ready for this? Spooky. We are talking about the ghosts that haunt the creative mind, okay? All of us, I know, have a lot of voices uh, that go inside our head, that help with our creativity, that that harm our ability to be creative. So I want to talk about it at different stages of creativity, okay? Uh, what kind of voices that we have when we are trying to create but maybe is keeping us from creating what kind of voices we have when we're in the process of creating what kind of voices we have after we're done creating something okay so let's start at the very beginning anybody a Don't very, even try. Oh, come on. I was hoping somebody would say a very good place to start.
2: Oh, sorry. I you thought I thought you were. Th- OK, sorry.
0: <laughs> you failed me. Well, the
2: first thought that I always <laughs> well, have is like, <laughs> you won't finish that.
0: Mm.
2: Like, yeah, that would be fun. But like, do you want to add that to the list of things you haven't finished?
0: That's perfect. So what keeps you from creating? I, lo- I love those. Those are very similar to me. Who will care? Um,
1: yeah. Is it going to be good enough? Yeah. Uh
0: huh. Um, it's too much work. It will take too long you don't have time to do it well. Those are the ones that get me. It's too much work, it's going to take too that much
2: project, time. That project like deserves the effort that I can't give it.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Mhm. What about you? What keeps you from creating? Does anything keep Krista from creating? Oh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I, I have that similar one like I I want to give so much to this and there there isn't the time or resources right now, so I'll I'll save it and and keep it on deck, but then sometimes you know, and and, th- and sometimes those factors are real, but then you lose the the spark for that idea and this specific mindset that you had that brought it forth. Mm-hmm. The spark
0: feels really important to me. It's something that like if I don't have like the full spark about something, then then it's very easy for those ghosts in my mind to be like, eh, let it go. It's not going to be worth it.
1: There there are ghosts that prevent you from starting. And there are ghosts that prevent you from finishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people quit something or, you know, several things throughout their life because they get far enough. And it's just there's too many excuses. There's too many reasons to not finish. And I think beyond that, though, sometimes we have a project. Either it's something that we're really passionate about or something that we do that we're in and parenting is a thing, right? Like you can't just choose not to be a parent. Right. Mm -hmm. And the ghosts that haunt us sometimes I think the most interesting aspect of this for me is for something that I am committed to and it's going to see itself through. And I've already gotten past whether or not I should do it. I've gotten past the fear of optics or failure now what are the things that are haunting in the in in that moment where maybe i'm actually even confident maybe i feel great maybe i am inspired am i still haunted in and, and i think that i am i think there 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 are things that can that can be helpful about that though and that's kind of what i was interested in in you guys' perspectives on for the things that haunt you for a significant work that you're doing, mm-hmm. and we just keep it in the creative space, that are not associated with, should I do this? Should I start? What if I fail? Like, we've, we're we already past that, right? Okay. Now we're in something, like, we've chosen, and we're doing this, and maybe if it's maybe it's even something we're known for. Like, let's just take, like, a celebrity actor or a band or a musician, and they're on, you know, they're on their 15th album, mm-hmm. like, what haunts them like their household names like what haunts them now and again outside of the optics it's like how do they continue bringing their best version of themselves to the work and what is haunting against that that's those are the things that are interesting let's ask
0: you a direct question on that line then are you haunted by the success that you've had creating a couple of very good board games are you haunted by that success when you're in the, in the process of creating the next one? Are you haunted by feeling like you need to live up to and do better than what you've done before?
1: The only things that haunt me in terms of being concerned about how my work is received have to do with taking care of, 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 of the staff and keeping the lights on. I'm not haunted creatively Hmm. because I don't feel like I'm doing my work directly for a consumer or for a client or for what the community wants. And I know that's slightly risky to say, but I think at this point in my career, I am really trying hard to do things that are bringing something new to the table. I don't want to say they're groundbreaking or innovative, but that we're kind of swinging for that. And so I go into the cave or I go into the tunnel and, and I, you know, I bring us in and the things that haunt me are what it, you know, what's going to be the result of this because nobody's done it. Um, is it, you know, and I'm not worried about failure as, as much as like, I don't know what it's going to end up being mm-hmm. because when you're doing something new, you can't see around the bends right you can't see where you're going to end up you're just going to you're just on a path and sometimes it's dark and sometimes it's curvy and sometimes there's obstacles and by the time you end up getting to the destination you're in a different place than you set out to go to that's mm-hmm. for sure right that was th- that was the case with everything that i've ever done and so i i think
0: is there a, s- is there a, is there a voice that haunts you that says this isn't different enough this isn't new enough this isn't good enough do you hear that voice kind of guiding you in your creative process when you're in the middle of it?
1: Yeah, those are like the those are like the friendly but terrifying ghosts that mm-hmm. we have like they're, they're like familiar with us and they're and their purpose isn't necessarily to scare us away, but to actually scare us into doing it better. Mm-hmm. I feel like that I, if it's not like if we're not bringing anything new, you shouldn't look at our stuff. Right like I, I mean if we're not adding anything to the conversation, we're failing and and that again can be a booster to get us to 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 doing something significant but what we're really trying to do is give somebody a, a deeper perspective, a deeper appreciation, an experience that's significant and worthwhile. And if we can do that in a way that hasn't been done before, it gives more opportunity for more thinking, more reflection, and more you know improvement self-improvement whatever that might be inspiring others to think bigger and so I, you know i feel like i haunt myself right but it, it doesn't have to do with failure it it has to a lot of times to do with all of the micro decisions that have to be made that you can't go back and undo so like what is the cost of moving from milestone one to milestone two in this direction, mm-hmm. right? Because what if you get to milestone 18 and you feel like you have to go back to milestone mm-hmm. 3 to change the direction?
0: It's like commitment. I feel haunted by commitment a little bit when I'm working on my creative projects. If I have to make a decision that's going to impact a lot of things downline and it it takes me a lot to feel super confident in actually making that decision to commit to something that's going because I might not like it later what happens when
2: you're making t- when you're laying down tile on the floor if you're off by a millimeter and a half the at impact. the first one at the other end they're all gonna be over yes. to the side
0: yes and what if I don't even like the color now that it's all put
1: down together? well I mean that you just <laughs>
2: it's all out the window at that <laughs> yes. point
0: mm-hmm.
1: time for me I guess my my commodity is time because I don't want I don't have the time or the resources to go back and do it again and, of course, sometimes we have to, and so it just becomes expensive. So, and you, there's a there's a feeling of loss if something takes you three months instead of one month. Mm-hmm. But when you're also doing something you've never done before, you can't predict the cost. Mm-hmm. So th- I think that in itself is a haunting.
0: So let's stay in this stage for a minute when we're in the actual creative phase. You know, like like Mark said, we've decided we're going to do something. We're in it. We're making stuff. What are the voices that kind of haunt the two of you during that time
2: for me what haunts me while i'm like actually sitting in the chair is the reaction and response of my team where i'm like what once i'm actually to the point where i'm like okay so here's this really cool idea that i have for what the what the explorers are going to be doing on this planet so let me mechanize it in that moment the the internal voice is like Tom's gonna think that's stupid, Mm -hmm. or like Mark's gonna, you know, immediately like do all the math and see that that's like an unbalanced decision, and that players are going to, uh, to like game that and destroy the whole, the whole fun. You're not wrong. Yeah, well, yeah, it's happened. (laughs) I speak from experience. And like, so these, these fears and these, these thoughts in my head don't come out of nowhere. They, they motivate me to, to really be sure and confident with the things that I'm writing down and, and, and that I'm making. And so the, the things that haunt me while I'm actually working are like. Come on! Don't stop. You gotta, you gotta keep working on this. Mm-hmm. This is this, they do this make has you potential. better. Potential, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because ghosts don't come from something that's not real, right? Those are real things that come in and they haunt mm-hmm. you. You're not just making them up. It's from experience. Um, I'll say for me in the creative phase, one of the things that the voices that probably haunts me the most is you're bored. Whoa. This is boring. Oh my god! That that gets me. Is like, you're, are you still working on this? You're still, this is boring. That's, that's my haunt. Because I get real, I'm a quick start, you know. I get real excited at the beginning. I get really into that spark and the concept. And then it's pretty easy for me to get bored. I'm not getting the validation that I want right away. I'm not getting a dopamine hit right away off of it. And it's so much easier for me to just whoop, slip over to something else that does give me a dopamine hit that keeps me entertained.
1: All right, I'm going to set Krista up with this. Okay. This is something that I just thought about. What if the ghosts that haunt us are our memories, mm-hmm. our bad memories that we want to leverage to make us better, but sometimes they have another effect. A but paralyzing the, effect. The, yeah, or and that's one of many. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if the ghosts that haunt our creative life are memories that we're trying really hard not to repeat or we're trying really hard to repeat? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Krista? Well,
3: I think absolutely in terms of how we actually express that creativity. Like you're talking about like the friendly ghosts. These are, we are trying to, they are trying to help us bring, avoid that bad in the past and bring those things that we remember forward. So I, I really agree with that both on that level. And then also in terms of like the actual creation itself, I feel like sometimes, a lot of the time it is the embodiment of those of those um mm. that past and those memories so I think we're like animating the ghosts with our creativity we that's kind of cool and it, yeah and it's fascinating because sometimes you can't see the ghost or you're not aware of the ghost but mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the things that you know I think of as, as profound like the great struggles in my life and creativity that and, and failings of myself like Um, I take all of these, I have them, I think of them as, like, negatives. And yet, when I create, all of those kind of forces are coming out in the actual artwork. And so you think of them as these great personal failings, these great pains that you hold inside you, and then you look at art throughout time, and you see, like these ideas like look at this is this is like paradise in mm-hmm. in artwork through all all of these cultures and this is this idealized thing that uh, wait I feel that that's that's something that I do wrong mm-hmm. and you know and 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 tell it all throughout all these different cultures like I you know you, you feel that internally yeah, definitely, and you just and like that's so much of what art is is I guess a transmutation of these inner ghosts. Brilliant.
1: <laughs> Krista, I relate to what you just said, and it, it gave me kind of these flashbacks to, like, the ghosts in Pac-Man that are, like, chasing you, and you eat the, you gobble up all the things, and then as soon as you eat, like, the power-up, then you're chasing them. Oh. It's, it's so interesting that...
2: Can you evade your ghosts until can, you are powerful enough to conquer them? Yes! <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm-hmm
1: done like <laughs> he pays for the mic you can do that I mic I <laughs> mic drop for Jared
0: <laughs> so so then let's move on to the to the last phase so after you've created something then are there different voices is there are there different ghosts that come into play um for me I think it almost re- there's an echo of the before I create ghosts and it says you know no one will care. You know, that's the thing that kind of kept me from starting sometimes. And when I'm done with something, sometimes it's the thing that keeps me from like amplifying what and promoting what I've done and what I've created. Um, it's that it's the same echo. Will anybody care? No one will care.
2: Well, I'm haunted by our mother.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cause in the exact opposite direction, the moment anything is done, I, I hear, you know, my mom or like a, a, that, that version of my own voice say like, Well, go on, show them, you know, (laughs) like, like, like it's come up. It's, it randomly came up in conversation. Go on, show them what you did. You're right. She does do that. (laughs) You know, and I, and I, you know, I definitely resented that for a lot of time in high school and early adulthood where I'm like, I'm not I'm not a performing monkey. I'm not a show pony. Don't tell me to do stuff in front of other people. But it has it has sort of made me feel like uh, this sense where once I do feel satisfied about something and that it's good, it's like I want to share it with other people because Mm. it was never just made for me in the first place. I wanted Mm. other people to like it. And so it's like once I especially if I get any sort of validation from somebody where they're like, yeah, this actually is good. Then I'm like, oh, yes, I want to share this with everybody.
1: we are em. performing monkeys and people like performing monkeys right.
3: uh-huh. so-
2: me
1: especially <laughs> My symbols the,
3: the only performing monkeys
0: <laughs> um the other that god that's gonna be the thumbnail for this <laughs> <YouTube>. <laughs> um the the other voice that i hear is is very similar to the middle which is am i still working on this like, w- once I finish a project, then there's still so many more steps. It's the amplification, it's the promotion of this. And I'm just like bored again. I've finished it. Isn't it just supposed to be like successful on its own? Now I have to promote it. I'm still working on this same thing.
1: But these are all things along the path to the end when your ghosts are reminding you. That because you made it through those things, that's why other people got impacted the way that they see, did. See,
0: and what's funny is I keep saying in my mind that, well, there is no end. But maybe the truth is I just haven't taken myself it's all she's the way a, to It's because you're a three.
2: End. It's because you're a three. You hit the, the peak uh-huh. and then you see the next peak. You've completed, but you can immediately mm. see what you could start working on now. Mm-hmm. Never take the time. To appreciate, be satisfied.
0: Yeah, that's my Enneagram 3-7, you know, where my 3 is I'm constantly looking forward, but my 7 is like, don't you dare tell me what to do. I'm going to do it my own way no matter what. And it does kind of make everything feel like a never-ending...
2: Yeah, and I'm a 7-3, so I'm all about having fun all the time, but I'd love to accomplish some sick stuff while I'm doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh
1: (laughs) There's a muscle that you can build up, though, that makes all of that stuff more... Like when you see something all the way through, you then are, you get the confidence and the wherewithal to do that again. And nothing's quite worth it enough or as much as that from then on, right? Like you never want to stop in the middle anymore once you've gone all the way and seen the rewards that come. Yeah
2: but like once you once you've actually pushed through you've you've sat in the deepest part of creativity where you're like not only do i suck but every idea i've ever had sucks <laughs> and then to then rise out of that finish the project and be satisfied with it that arc of knowing that you can overcome your own internal ghosts to to actually bring something mm-hmm. into fruition and be happy with it is the the lesson the knowledge the wisdom that comes
1: slowly you, when you can look back and say i didn't really believe i could do it mm. And, you, and you're kind of still kind of awestruck, like, I, I didn't know that I had that in me. You find the strength and this agility and, and, and adaptability that you didn't even know was in you. That's really empowering. And that kind of confidence will make you go do bigger, better things and inspire other people to do bigger, better things because they're going to ask you all day about it. Like, how did you do that, Right. And you tell them about the blood sweat and tears and all that but you tell them sometimes you got to listen to these voices and sometimes you have to shut these voices out and you just have to doggedly pursue it and commit until you reach it
0: i just i gotta i gotta train that muscle i think i do the patience
1: and sometimes we tell ourselves that we haven't done it yet but we have yeah, And you're probably an example of that. I mean, look what you're doing right now. You've got all this skill and the talent. Look at all of us. Like we, We're we doing things that matter. And yeah, sure, there's always um, a better version of ourselves that we could bring out and we could do more. But maybe what we're doing is, is enough and we can just do what we're already doing with a better attitude and a bigger purpose. Yes.
0: Ooh, that brings up a whole nother ghost. Is it just that it's not enough? It's not enough. It's not enough.
1: Kill that kill that ghost. How do you kill ghosts? Um Is it a you, silver you bullet? kind of ban- banish them. <laughs> a proton pack. <Proton> <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who are you going to call? Right. Not Mark cuz he does
2: not remember the equipment.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ouch. Sorry.
0: Um what about you Krista? What what kind of ghost do you have? What voices do you hear when you're done with a project?
3: Mm, that took up too much time, that took up too many resources, that maybe I'm just putting too much of myself into that. Mm. Um, Yeah, just, like, really, I guess, external-focused, like, how does this impact other people? Was I wasting other people's time, resources, attention? Mm -hmm. So I guess kind of the opposite. It's not, like...
1: uh,
3: I don't know I, I guess the, the ones that I hear the loudest are like you are taking up too much interesting hmm taking up too much for
0: me this isn't enough
1: a lot of times I think on that note it's easy to overlook your little micro progressions mm-hmm. and, and how good you're becoming along the way because you feel like you haven't arrived and that's okay you're 700 miles in this thousand mile journey just it's okay you expected to be there by now that's fine just look at all the progress you've made and i think iterating and working with you so closely on all these projects you know krista i see some of what you're saying and i see it myself too by the way but like what everybody else sees is like dear god look at how awesome this is and it's really easy for us to kind of have this lens this distortion lens it's like but it could be mm-hmm. better. It could be more, and maybe it doesn't need to be better or more. Maybe it can just be finished, and progress towards better and more in the future.
3: Mm-hmm. I was—I've just been thinking about that. Like, um, my mother is moving from her, the my childhood home, and so I'm having to get like look through, get rid of, and look through a lot of old art that has oh, just wow. piled up there, and like in the process of okay what how many can i throw away and what and just and just revisiting all these old things it's like what what are the ones that still feel good like there's all of these things that you know the technical i've been building up the technical skill all this time so i i do not like the technical skill but there's still things in there that i just look at that i made when i was 12 you know younger teenager a lot of it and I just look at it and it's like that's the same thing that's that there it is there mm-hmm. is what I am working through now there is like the heart of what I am and what I've experienced and you know that those are the things that carry through what's throughout. that feeling
2: that you feel when you look at that old work is it like pride shame gratitude for how (laughs) far you've come like what what are the feelings you're feeling while you're looking at like piece to piece that's
3: the exact word i was going to use yeah recognition like it feels like i I don't know like when you see another person's piece of art and you just feel like that was made for me but it's it's the same thing it's Mm -hmm. it's almost like i mean it takes it out of the oh i i have to be good i have to make this and it's just looking at this thing and and seeing oh that is me and I guess another thing that comes of that is also I think a lot of the times like we're circling, we're, we're spiraling around the same themes in our life and a lot of times I'll think oh I had this experience and then I discovered this and then I see artwork from a decade ago and that was me circling the same thing and it's just like I just can just see these themes in my life and how I'm revisiting them and and coming to them with more perspective and or just different perspective
1: it doesn't go away I'll (laughs) tell you I still have that I I go through and I look at the work I did in college when I was 20 you know 30 years ago and part of me is like wow you've come a long way and part of me is like actually that was pretty good for 20 Mm -hmm. knowing what I know now and you can see yourself through a lens and be like, Oh, if I could just go back and be like, listen, little lad, mm-hmm. you know, like things are gonna be okay. You're powerful, you rock, you're doing stuff. Keep or going, or you're stuff. on your way, you know? Like yeah. you that's how Mark talks to me. Like enjoy the journey. <laughs> it is a little
0: squeeze on the shoulder. <laughs> we want
1: so bad to be there, to arrive, to have whatever it is for arrival that we forget how much fun we can have on the way mm-hmm. you know and how much we can learn and there's joy in just learning you don't have to perform every second of your life you can just learn and grow and you know take some time and, and me as the kind of this recovering workaholic it's i hear those words and i don't know if i really apply them as like i should but i know that and my advice to anybody would be like just relax. Just take a breath. Like, life is bigger than your performance in the world. And we just... We we have so much pressure, especially with today's culture, with, you know, our, our personas that we put out in the social space that really are not true to the fullness of who we are. You know, they're aspects of either who we want to be or aspects of who we are. But they're just like little fragments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're more than that. And so, like, when I hear things like this that are bring up all that nostalgia, because that was such like 30 years ago for me, right? Thinking about college, for example, and I can go all the way back to high school, the things that we learn kind of tend to stay with us. Yeah. And and, and I don't know, I'm grateful for all that. Mm-hmm. And just hearing you guys talk is actually really affirming for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I do actually feel better hearing you talk about looking at your past artwork and you as well being, you know, kind of surprisingly impressed with yourself. Which makes me think as much self, I don't want to say criticism because I have a very optimistic lens and I, and I hone my own self-talk very well, but I do demand a lot for myself and I do want more and, and always want more out of myself, but there are many things where I can look back and say... Wow, Lacey, that that one-minute speech you gave about how you can do the impossible the same way bees scientifically shouldn't be able to fly, like when you were 12, that was a good freaking speech. And it's the same crap I say on here. It's the same. I'm saying the same thing now that I did with that bee speech back when I was 12, you know, so.
1: Truth is truth. It is. Right? Bees are bees. It just persists. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it manifests in different ways in your life. The same truth, which is this circling. Yes. Right. Like you learn it again, but differently. Mm -hmm. And each time you do that, it adds depth and dimension to the things that we learn. And, you know, the thing for me is just take a breath. Like life is short. You don't want to just work your way through it. And then on your gravestone have he worked really hard. <laughs> <laughs> right? Awesome. Glad you drove yourself Actually, into the dirt. That would like be a great gravestone. That would be hilarious.
3: <laughs> what was it? That'd be a great gravestone. That'd be hilarious. Yes, <laughs> it would. Uh, I
2: was gonna say they're they're finding some like uh, some of the workers who like worked on the pyramids, their bodies, and they all the, many of them have horrible carpal tunnel. It's like, well, what what they can say for their life is like, they worked freaking hard.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm mark you're gonna be there with your carpal tunnel from your little from his from, from, his, from his, his mouse and stylus
2: yes. <laughs> not
3: just that
1: everything else is gonna slowly start breaking mm-hmm. down too including my mind probably but um well
0: let's wrap this up before everything breaks down fair <laughs> um thank you three for your time um and your vulnerability i appreciate it, it helps me feel comfortable in these types of, of conversations Um, If you have any concepts that you would like us to start talking about, orange nebula.com slash topics is your place to go. Um, I'd I'd love your ideas. We need something better. Okay. Who who, who wanted to know about our coffee order? I mean, we need need something better from you. Okay. Um, Come back here. We'll be around in a couple weeks. We're excited to have more content for you. And if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, this content is coming out um, on YouTube as well. So if you want to see our pretty faces or at least mine, um, you can find it over there. Okay. have a wonderful day.
1: Tell us what your ghosts are.
0: Tell us what your ghosts are. We want to know. Be like Pac-Man. Get strong enough that you can chase your own ghosts. Is that how it went? For a
1: limited time (laughs) until they chase you back. We won't (laughs) talk about that. It's always a cycle. Alright, talk about it. Gotta relearn things.
3: Bye. Waka 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 (laughs) waka